0: Let us pray. Father, we don't understand the sacrifice that you made for us. Nothing in this world could show us exactly what you went through. But God, we accept it. We accept that gift of life, that gift of love, that even while we were sinners... You gave your life for us. Even knowing the choices that we would make, you loved us. We thank you that time and time again, your love does not fail. We thank you for this gift of life that we have received at your table. We thank you that each time we come to you, you are there. God, we pray that you would strengthen us through this act of sacrament. That you would strengthen us to be the light in the world of darkness. We thank you and we praise you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. My name is Michael, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church, and I have ten minutes. So y'all can continue to pray over there, but we're moving. Matthew 17, verse 24 is where we are. And I have to tell you that I have an explosion of thoughts um, going through my mind. It has just been one of those random train days at 930. I had a sermon and then I went eh, and I went that way, completely different. And I had no idea where I was going. Um, and I ended up somewhere difference. Um, hopefully I landed it. Okay. Um, but I'm still kind of in a state of what, you know, it's one of those scriptures. It's, it's the scripture that you might be familiar with when there's an issue of money to be needed. And Jesus says, Hey, go fishing. Essentially. Let's read it. Matthew 24, 17, 24. On their arrival in Capernaum, the tax collectors for the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Of course he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house to talk to Jesus about it. But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the foreigners they have conquered? They tax the foreigners, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch, and you'll find a coin. Take the coin and pay the tax for both of us. Okay, a couple of things. In Exodus chapter 30, the law is set out that everyone, every male, 20 years and above, should pay a temple tax. It was uh, half a shekel. Uh, so, you know, wasn't much. A couple of shekels here and there, you know. It actually amounted to about two days' wages um, for a man. Half a shekel. Age 20 and up. So, what this tells us is a couple of things. One, the text is still in existence. Two, the only two people who were age 20 or above in the disciples and Jesus were Jesus and Peter. We've talked about this before that the disciples were young. Um, John was probably maybe 9, 10 years old when they began to follow Jesus, all the way up to Peter, who was the elder of the group, the only one that was married men would have been married around age 18. And, uh, the only one who Jesus says pays the tax, unless Jesus just looks at the other disciples is like, go fish for yourself. You know, I can only get one coin out of a fish. I don't know. Um, so you have this, all of this stuff in there. Uh, the temple tax uh, was a big deal. It was something that, you know, kept going in the first day of Adar, which we would call March. Uh, the, the word would go out, Hey, tax season, you know, everybody get ready. You better get your half shekel ready. If you are a male 20 and above the 15th day, how shocking that that works out like that. But it was the 15th day of March. um, They would set up the tax booths, see Matthew, and collect the tax. You came by, you paid your temple tax. If you didn't, by the 25th of March, you either had to go straight to Jerusalem to pay it, or they came and took some of your stuff. Uh, So here's this, this temple tax that's moving throughout uh, the generations of Jews to take care of the temple. Now, when Matthew writes this, the temple no longer exists. When it happens, the temple exists. Sure. But Matthew writes this in A.D. about 80 or 90. The temple is destroyed in the year 70. So there has been at least a decade of no temple. Why would Matthew include this story in his gospel? If the Jews aren't paying the temple tax anymore, this is different, by the way, than the tithe. Completely different. So you have this temple tax. Now, what happened when the temple was destroyed? The Roman emperor, whose name was Vespasian, goes, you know what? Y'all are used to paying this temple tax. Let's just continue it. It's, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year in total. Let's just continue it. Let's fund the temple to uh, the God Jupiter, who is, you know, our God. So the tax continued, but it was going to fund a temple dedicated to a pagan God. So here you have a situation when Matthew is writing of these men, these Jewish men, Christian men as well, who are having to pay a tax to support a temple Dedicated to a God other than the one true God. Now, if you know anything about these men, and I'm not just excluding women because it was a tax for men. um, You know that they knew their scripture. You know that they knew the greatest commandment. You know that they knew there is but one God. Love the Lord your God. The Lord alone. With all your heart. All your soul. All your strength. All your mind. That's it. It's not love the Lord, your God, him and a couple other gods as well. It's one one God. This became a huge deal in their lives. An enormous thing, because constantly they were asked to bow down to other gods. And if you had a faith strong enough, you would say no. Now, what Jesus says here is very interesting. He says, look, ask Peter. Peter doesn't even have to say anything. Jesus, you know, because he's Jesus, knows what's happening. He says, hey, Peter, I have a question for you. Basically, does the family of the king pay taxes or do the people that the king has conquered pay taxes? Peter goes, well, the people that he's conquered, of course, you know, family members they don't pay taxes. That's. That's why the money's there is to support the family. Jesus is like, right. Yeah, I'm sure Peter just kind of stared at him as usual. What? Go fishing, man. Get a coin for us. The tax doesn't apply to us. That's what Jesus is saying. We don't have to pay this tax. This isn't on us. This is going to support my house. You think I have to pay a tax for my own house? No, that's not the way a kingdom works. But we don't want to offend anyone. So let's pay the tax. We don't want to offend anyone. The Greek word that is used there is skandalon. And that means to put up a stumbling Block. That word offend, that particular Greek word for offend right there means to prevent, to put up a stumbling block. We don't want to cause someone to not know the love of God because we're not paying half a shekel. So let's go ahead and pay the tax. Look, you can get into the whole miracle thing about the fish and did that really happen? And there's some cool stuff in there, you know. No, let's stay there. Let's stay here. What Jesus is saying essentially is, we are not of the world, but in order that some people might know of the glory of God, let's pay the tax. This tax has nothing to do with us, but let's do it. Paul picks up this theology, if you know Paul's writings later on, he talks about food dedicated to idols. And he's like, of course you can eat that. We know that those aren't real gods. So you say, oh, I'm cooking this burger dedicated to the God of blah, blah, blah. Who cares? There's only one God. That God's false and phony. I'm going to eat that burger and enjoy it. But if there are some among you who would see you do this and it would cause them to waver in their faith for the one true God, then do not eat that burger. You do not want to be responsible for turning someone away from God. This theology persists. It is okay to do these things because we know. But if we are going to do something that shakes somebody's faith, then whoa, uh uh-uh. You better back away from that barbecue. You better pay the tax. See, a lot of times we, we believe that because we are the church... An extreme is sometimes taken. We are the church. We are not of the world, so we do not have to play as the world plays. Scripture says we do not wage war war as the world does. I got bigger powers. Amen. But when it has gone to such an extreme that it pushes people away from God... I think it's something like it would be better had you never been born. See, the, the balance is this we're not of the world, but we are in the world. And so we need to live. Sure, we live for something greater, but we still live here. And the things that we do tell others about who God is. Are we teaching that God is angry? Are we teaching that God is condemnation? Are we teaching that people are going to burn in hell? A lot of times that's the only thing people hear. A lot of times that is the only message people hear coming from the church. You are not right. Your choices are wrong. Your addiction is bad. Your lifestyle is against the will of God. You are going to burn but please don't look into my life because there are some things I'd like you know to keep quiet. But that's what we do is we come across as this holier than now. We will judge you. Because I'm a believer and I can do that. We condemn the world. Instead of loving. Cuz that's what Christ did. That's what he did. Love others. And he follows up that greatest commandment with this, which is just as equally as important. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. They will know about me because of how you love them, not because of condemning them. Yeah, there is a place for admonishing. There is a place for correction. There's a chapter about it. I don't know. We'll maybe get to it. When is it next week? Next year, it's Matthew 18, so we'll get to it soon. There's a place for that and a time for that, and it is right and godly. But if that's all we ever do, and if we do it without love, then it's nothing. It's just a loud, clanging symbol. Jenna and I watched this movie. Um, I think Friday or something, it was called New in Town, Harry Connick Jr. Anybody, Harry Connick fans? Yeah, I like me some ACJ And uh, Renee Zellweger. And um, Renee is this, like, city girl from Miami. She moves to Minnesota. um, And it's really cold there. And they're in this car. And, like, within five minutes of this girl who is going to be her secretary... She's like talking like nonstop to this uh, Renee's character about I'm a scrapper. Do you scrap? I like the scrapbook. I should get you a scrapbook. And she takes a picture of her and he goes does all this stuff. And then like, seriously, it was like in the first four sentences, she goes, can I ask you a personal question? And Renee's like, sure. Have you found Jesus? And Renee's character says one of, I think, the greatest responses to this ever. I didn't know he was lost. I loved it. Jen and I started laughing out loud. I mean, it was LOL all over the place, you know? It was greatness. We're just, lo- I was like, that is just, oh, that is great. You know, you think he would know how to get home. He is God, you know? I mean, how could he lose himself? Have you found Jesus? You know, in that stereotypical, like, person, that, that Christian who, like, within five minutes of meeting somebody is like, have you found Jesus? I don't want to hang out with that person. And I know Jesus. I found him. I like him. I love him. I want to be around people that love him, too. I want to hang around with people. And we can talk about, I got to tell you, Stacy up here today, that was awesome. It was so cool to get to see, like, y'all haven't known Stacy as long as I have, um, to see what had happened up here. She put the mic down, you know, I don't need a mic. I'm just going to worship. Awesome. That's cool. That's the kind of person I want to be around. The people that love Jesus so much and they don't care. They're not going to go, you know, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to go to hell. It may be right, but is that going to introduce someone to the love of Christ? Sometimes we got to pay the tax. Sometimes we have to go along with something of the world that maybe isn't pulling us away from God, but if we don't do it, sometimes we just got to love. Sometimes we just got to be the love of God in the world. We got to love God and love others instead of doing this all the time. Why would you do this? Hey, you got a problem? <laughs> so do I, man. Let's talk about it. I'm no better than anyone else. There isn't a single person that has walked on this earth, with the exception of Jesus Christ, that doesn't need This. So why are we telling people different? Why do we exclude people? Why do we point fingers and condemn and call names? It makes me so sad and angry when a Christian leader is on television or is quoted condemning people. Who are you? because that's not my god. My god may not like what happens sometimes, but he wants more than anything else for his sheep to come home. All of his sheep. Sometimes we got to pay the tax. Let us pray. Gracious and heavenly father, we thank you and praise you for your love, your love that you freely offer us, all of us. There's not a single person in this world, God, who you don't love, who you did not lovingly create in their mother's womb. Help us to understand that, to believe that, and to live our lives that way. That we might be your love in a world that needs it. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus Christ's holy name, amen.